Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Wendy Kirkland of Woodstock, New Brunswick, is medically exempt from following her town's mask bylaw. So it was kind of strange that when Wendy went shopping without a mask, she was actually tackled by two police officers who apparently deemed her to be the modern-day version of Typhoid Mary. Unbelievable. Sheila Gunn-Reed has all the shocking details. Speaking of embarrassing law enforcement, Tamara Ugolini will weigh in on the latest from her small town of Coburg, Ontario. You see, the Coburg cops are apparently completely stressed out, man. Evidently, tasering law-abiding citizens and guarding the beach is causing the police a degree of emotional grief. Oh, poor babies. And letters, we get your letters. We get them every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say regarding my interaction with a couple of Elmer, Ontario police officers who really did resemble a pair of Keystone cops rather than professional law enforcement personnel. You see, these cops threatened to arrest me for the egregious crime of asking insensitive questions to transgender demonstrators who were staging an anti-church protest in a public place. I, I swear, folks, I'm not making this up. Those are your rebels now. Let's round them up. My doctor has that, and I don't need to provide that to you or anybody else. It's between me and my doctor. Okay, well, and that's point, the law. That's the law. Okay, well, at this point, you're not able to come into any stores without a mask. Well, I've been going in stores, no problem, except for this one without a mask. It's due to COVID restrictions, it's mandatory that you have to wear a mask. Okay, that, that's bottom line. I know line. that's that's, that's, that's not that's legislative law. You show me the legislative law that requires. No, it's not. It's actually no, $292.50. Well, you can go ahead and give me the fine, but it won't It won't make any difference whatsoever. So uh, they said, okay, we want you to leave. So I turned around and, and I started to walk away. They asked me for identification. And I said, I didn't break any laws. I don't need to provide you with anything. And as I was walking out the door, he continued, uh, Cahill, the officer Cahill, continued to ask me for my identification. Uh, I said, no, I don't have it. And as I started across the street, he grabbed me on my, by my shoulder and kind of, you know, tried to pull me around and I, you know, pulled myself away from him. And then both of them grabbed me and tackled me to the ground. Sorry. Now, Wendy who is completely medically mask exempt, was tackled by police for the crime of not wearing a mask at the local heart store. The whole thing is madness, but it gets even worse because Wendy then ended up being criminally charged with obstruction. Her story is infuriating and sad all at once. First, because it should never have happened to her at all, but it's also an example of just how far society has fallen away from common human decency during this pandemic. Law enforcement excellence. First question, why weren't police officers respecting Wendy Kirkland's medical mask exemption? Second question, how did two male police officers think it was completely appropriate 
to tackle a woman who was completely innocent. Absolutely outrageous. And joining me now regarding the latest egregious example of cops going postal for no good reason whatsoever is Sheila Gunn-Reed. So Sheila, before we get into the nitty gritty pertaining to Wendy's case, we try to back the blue here at Rebel, we really do, sure. but you see this kind of garbage happening all over the country and it's not policing. That's a couple of pathetic bullies brandishing badges. What were your thoughts when you originally viewed that disturbing footage? You know, I think my thoughts were the same as everybody else's because the reason we, I guess we found Wendy um, is because the images of her being flattened outside of that heart store by a couple of cops went viral. People were outraged early on in the pandemic to see how Wendy was treated. And so we sort of tracked her down and offered her some help. She didn't just receive a lockdown fine. What the cops did to her is one step more. She received an obstruction criminal charge. Um, and so she ended up in some pretty serious hot water. And so we said, we got to help this lady. I mean, she is just someone who's trying to go to the store while medically mask exempt. And what turned into uh, what started as like a routine trip to the grocery store is something that would have happened no problem in the before times. Now Wendy is face down on the concrete um, with a couple of cops on her back. And it was the same outrage that I think we saw at Rebel News when we saw those images. A lot of people from Wendy's community felt the same way. You know, Sheila, um, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but if I had been in Wendy's shoes and I had a medical mask exemption, I'll tell you what I would have done. I would have put out a call on my cell phone to bylaw and get the bylaw enforcement to come into the store and educate those police officers that right there in writing on the bylaw is an exemption for people that have a medical uh, mask issue. Uh, what I'm saying is that the police were breaking the law here, at sure. least the bylaw, uh, not the other way around. Um, I wonder how that would have played out because these are officers that are, to me, they're completely ignorant of what it actually says in writing on those bylaw signs. Well, and we don't, it's none of our business why Wendy is medically exempt. Is it uh, an anxiety issue? Is she extremely claustrophobic the way I am? Uh, does she have respiratory issues? It's literally nobody's business. It's not the cop's business. And it's certainly not some stranger in a grocery store. You should not have to go through this idea that you have to produce your papers to total strangers so that you can run into a store and buy milk. But that's the reality right now for people who are medically exempt from wearing a mask. That's how they have to go through life now. Everything they do is constant judgment and confrontation. And I think that's one of the worst parts of this pandemic is that people with these unseen disabilities are all of a sudden forced to explain their medical histories to total strangers or they could be arrested or 
physically attacked or shamed. 18 months ago, we realized that there were such things as unseen disabilities. We realized it. But since the pandemic, all that human kindness has just sort of gone out the window and it's been replaced by fear. And that fear is driving people to treat people like Wendy like absolute garbage. And, and Sheila, that's another important point you bring up. I mean, we've had our lawyers go through uh, hundreds of municipalities uh, looking at their uh, bylaw policy when it comes to um, mask exemptions. And I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. I don't think we've come across one single bylaw signage or bylaw regulation that says you with the mask exemption upon request must produce your doctor's letter. It's quite the contrary. You do not have to prove your medical mask exemption. So again, when these police were asking those personal questions, it was none of their damn business. And it says so right in the bylaw. Well, David, I've got some unfortunate news for you here in Alberta. We the government has just introduced a regulation because oh. these things don't go before uh, the legislature that says that if you are medically mask exempt, you may be required to produce a doctor's note to prove it. Ah. And so now all these people who are already medically mask exempt have to go through this extra layer of now going and getting a note so that you can show some total stranger that you have a, a medical exemption, be it from anxiety or PTSD or claustrophobia or whatever. Um, you have to show that to a stranger now if they ask you for it. Geez, why am I not surprised that under Premier Kenny's stewardship, this is something that's being brought into what was once the uh, I think the most free province in our entire dominion. But you know, Sheila, uh, another thing you, you touched upon, and I totally agree, we have seen in this pandemic um, the very worst uh, yeah. being brought out of some people. And I, I call them, my, my, my name for them is the COVID Karens. And uh, they're not all females, of course. I, I, I call the, the guys COVID Karens too. I guess they have to put their pronoun they identify with uh, he, him in parentheses. But what I'm getting at is one of the most surreal stories I think we did on this uh, uh, medical mask exemption bylaw is a um, home hardware store in Toronto where the customer who was supporting the little guy, the little home hardware, uh, less than a mm -hmm. couple of kilometers away, there's a giant Home Depot, but this guy who's a contractor wanted to help the little guy. They took the merchandise out of his hands. They frog marched him outside. And when he pointed to uh, the sign that allows for exemptions for those under two and those with medical issues, a home, the home hardware employee went into the store, got some duct tape and covered up the exemption. Yeah. I mean, thank goodness this guy filmed this because I think something like that, Sheila, is unbelievable. Yeah, no one, no one would believe it, that people were so audacious as to just <laughs> Say like, oh, well, we're not going to follow this part of the law. Let's just cover it up. No big deal. And <laughs> legal. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but I think for me, the worst part of the pandemic is the fact that these the people, the worst people in society, 
and those people whose humanity sort of is just hanging on by a thread. That the yep. fact that they have to walk through the world and show their face to people, that's the thing that used to prevent them from giving into these horrible impulses to treat other people poorly. Well, now those people are wearing a mask and those people are emboldened by the constant, you know, fear mongering that COVID is going to kill everybody if you don't take control of the situation. Those people out there are running amok. They're the people scolding you in a grocery store yep. because your mask slipped down underneath your nose. Meanwhile, they touch all the craft dinner with their bare hands that <laughs> I don't know have been. And I don't know where they've been. I don't know if they washed their hands yet that day. But they're wearing a mask, so they're better than you. And before they never ha they had to show their faces and that acted as the gut check. Now they do it from behind a mask and they are really emboldened. No, 100%, Sheila. It's so sad. And uh, to your point, I'll say this. I can take admonishment and insults from people in a supermarket uh, for improper mask wearing or maybe going up the wrong way of the aisle according to the one-way directional arrow. Uh, but what disturbs me is what happened to Wendy. When you have members of law enforcement with lethal force tackling yeah. you to the ground. This is clearly not a woman to borrow that Bruce Springsteen line. She wasn't going down to the bar wearing trouble on her shirt. Um, that is what really disturbs and infuriates me. Uh, in the lot, we've only got 30 seconds. What are your thoughts of w what's gonna happen when this gets to court, Sheila? Well, we've got great lawyers working very hard for Wendy um, and she's gonna need them. Because again, she's up against the full force of the government. She's up against the cops. But it should not be illegal to get groceries when you're medically mask exempt. You should not end up with a criminal charge because you can't wear a mask face down on the concrete with two cops on your back. So we're going to do everything we can to help Wendy. We're already working hard. To do that story, it took months and months and months of work just to get everybody to see that one little piece of video that you did see. Um, and we've been working very hard in the background. And if people want to support Wendy in her very expensive battle to have this criminal charge uh, thrown out of court, because as we all know, a criminal charge can really ruin your life. It'll limit your ability to travel, your ability to get jobs. You can't be a foster parent. There's a lot of things that this can take away from Wendy if she is found guilty of this criminal charge. So we're working very hard to help her. And if people want to help Wendy and the roughly 1,200 other people, businesses, pastors um, that we're helping fight their lockdown tickets, and in some instances, criminal charges in court at no cost to them, they can donate at fightthefines.com. And all the donations there now qualify for a charitable tax receipt through the Democracy Fund. Fantastic. Well, Sheila, a terrific report, as always, from you. You have a wonderful weekend, and hopefully Wendy will get justice when her court case comes to fruition. Thanks, David. I hope so. All right. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed, somewhere in the hinterland of northern Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. For Rebel News, I'm Tamara Ugolini here in downtown Coburg once again. What was coined in the before times as the feel-good town is now more reminiscent of a fenced-off town. 
For the second summer in a row, Coburg Town Council has voted to fence off the Victoria Park Beach. That's a huge public space and uh, as opposed to last year where the vote was unanimous, this year it was a divided vote where the mayor interjected and subsequently the beach was closed. But some of you may remember some of the protests that Rebel News, specifically David Menzies and I, covered here in Coburg last summer 2020. Have a look. Town Council has decided in its wisdom to fight the Wuhan virus by closing the beach until August 31st. And I think in Canada, that means the entire summer. It's not California. You can't come here to the beach in November. So all the activities, all the water sports, uh, Coburg's famous sandcastle competition, that's all wiped out. Well, you know what? As the saying goes from Twisted Sister, they're not going to take it anymore. A bunch of people in Coburg are assembling at Victoria Hall. Now, in addition to the closure of the beach once again, there has been a heavy police presence in Coburg downtown on Saturdays, uh, not only for the protesters here, but there's a farmer's market just a block south. And of course, the beach is just a few blocks south east of this location. And I did a quick drive around, saw a heavy police presence. I will quote Police Chief Vandegraaff in Northumberland News article, where he is quoted as saying that the extra hands on deck for the law enforcement have cost taxpayers in excess of $8,000 a weekend. Is that to say just Saturdays or does that span the whole Saturday Sunday and for a long weekend does that include the holiday Monday as well? That seems like an outrageous amount. Uh, I know that a few of these protesters have racked up some serious uh, fine amounts so I'm going to head in and see what they have to say. But also in the same article, Police Chief Vandegraaff noted that this is taking an emotional toll on his officers. And some of you may recall a few months ago when I reported on a local gentleman who was tasered twice by a police officer for alleged mask non-compliance. Now the situation escalated pretty severely uh, and just days later another gentleman was tasered again for mask non-compliance by the same officer. So what is going on with the Coburg Police Service? Are their police emotionally unavailable? Do they need some emotional training maybe? Um, do the police not want to be here and being forced on an order to attend a, a protest of people who have the constitutional right to do so? Does that negatively affect the mental health of these police? Well, there you have it, folks. It appears that trampling on the rights of citizens who are protesting, including with the use of tasers, is causing some stress for the rank and file of the Coburg Police Service. Ah, uh, such a tough job, isn't it? I mean, preventing people from going to the beach, ticketing people for displaying anti-lockdown signs. Wow, it's just hell out there on the streets and on the sand dunes of Coburg these days. And joining me now with more on this Ontario town that is apparently resembling the mean streets of Camden, New Jersey, is our Coburg reporter herself, Tamara Ugolini. How you doing there, Tamara? Hey, David. I'm well, thanks. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, Tamara, I, I couldn't help but notice in your video that Coburg Police Chief Paul Vandegaff proudly notes on his profile that his preferred pronouns are he and him. Uh, just in case anyone thinks 
that a dude called Paul who sports a full beard is a she, her, or a zezer or a non-binary asexual spirit unicorn. But the thing is, are these Coburg cops really stressed out or are the police in your town just such a bunch of soy boys? That's a great question, David. And uh, unfortunately, apparently I need to speak out to or reach out to the media contact to get any sort of comment from the police uh, here in Coburg. So it's it just it kind of speaks for itself, I think, noting the Twitter uh, biography and the way that they react, um, I think all across the province and Canada as a larger spectrum, you know, the, the state of policing is... It's concerning. Yeah, and, and Tamara, I mean, when we play, when they, you know, play the stress card, and you know, we're suffering, I don't know, some kind of light form of PTSD. I've been to your lovely town. I've met these people that are protesting against the lockdowns. The, they aren't antifa. They aren't throwing Molotov cocktails and rocks. They're very polite. They're well spoken. Um, the idea of them using violence against anyone, including law enforcement, is unthinkable. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking if the cops have trouble dealing with citizens like that, how do they deal with the really bad guys? Well, and even here in Colbert, when we saw the gent two different gentlemen, elderlies, gentlemen who were tasered for alleged mask non-compliance within days of one another. I mean, it begs to question what kind of training the police are receiving in terms of de-escalation techniques. Uh, is there some sort of issue within the force that ca is causing there to be emotional unrest? Uh, there's there's a lot more questions than there are answers. So, you know, maybe I will reach out to that media contact and get some clarification on what exactly is happening with the Coburg police. And just on that note, if if they weren't wearing such dark colored glasses, I might have said, like, blink twice if you're in danger <laughs> or, you know, if you don't want to be here, blink twice, because how the emotional toll on officers, I mean, isn't that part of the job? But maybe when they don't want to do the job that they're being summoned to do, that's where we start to get a bit of the disconnect happening. You know, um, Tamara, please bring us up to uh, remind us rather about what those tasering incidents were about. I mean, that was incredibly disturbing to me. I mean, a taser mm -hmm. is the last step you use before you bring out an actual gun with real bullets and fire away. These weren't armed people. These weren't violent people, if I recall. What was what was the deal there where people were getting shot by a taser? Well, I only have the original account of the one gentleman. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to connect with the other gentleman that this happened to. Uh, but from my understanding and that story that, that I covered, gee, I guess four, four or five months ago now, um, he was in a seated position just saying to police, you know, why are you here? What are you enforcing? I have, he had a bandana up covering his mouth and I guess it slipped down under his nose while he was working out. Anyway, lots of gray area here in terms of the enforcement, but he was seeking some clarification and then one thing led to another and next thing he knew the police were on top of him and he was being tasered. And uh, we show in the report as well, he provided photos, you know, it was very close to his heart. And uh, at that time, I had actually reached out to 
the local enforcement here and asked specifically what kind of training the officers receive uh, for the use of tasers and um, whether or not there had been other complaints about this officer. Uh, I'd have to go back in my emails and find exactly. But, you know, just getting the gist of why and how this situation escalated to the point of be this gentleman being tasered. And unfortunately, we never received a response. So. Wow. Uh, so, so much for that garbage reach out to communications. Uh, th that works in theory, but when the communications mm -hmm. people don't communicate, which is more and more par for the course these days, I got to tell you, Tamara, uh, I think maybe the strategy is if I don't give a response, the story will go away. No, it doesn't go away. We just say we reached out for comment and you were essentially too cowardly to provide it. One last thing, I see to my dismay, your beautiful beach in Coburg is once again uh, going to resemble a, a, an internment camp. They've got, they're going to be putting up the, uh, uh, the fencing. You can't swim. I guess it'll be that your famous sandcastle competition is uh, off, the, uh, off the boards now. Tell me, um, I don't get it, Tamara, because this is an outdoor beach, of course. Mm -hmm. um, we know from um, Dr. Uh, Martha Fulford, who is a, an expert among experts in virology. She works at the um, uh, McMaster University in Hamilton, and she was one of the experts quoted in the Roman uh, Baber application a couple of weeks ago, that the chances of outdoor transmission is virtually zero, right? Um, mm -hmm. And this is based on uh, Dr. Fulford going through more than 100,000 medical papers penned since the pandemic took off uh, when it came to COVID-19. Why, if we're being told the science is driving all these decisions, why is it that when you look to an expert like that, who again is described as an expert among experts, why are they ignored and, I don't know, out of fear, out of superstition, out of a, a, a want for tyrannical control, the beach mm -hmm. is closed off when there's no tangible danger whatsoever. Well, and just to backtrack a little bit, actually, just after the Ford government announced that they were opening the outdoor amenities, I guess town council uh, vote, motioned to hold an emergency meeting. So they have actually now, just as of, I believe, yesterday, reopened the beach. Um, but for weekday access only so it will i guess the fencing will stay up i'm not really sure the logistics behind the decision um but you know the outdoor viral spread is a great question and it's something i have actually started just forwarding my emails now that i started before i was a rebel i was advocating here locally especially as it pertained to uh the rate of asymptomatic transmission and the rate of outdoor viral transmission and i was looking for data or evidence that supported that that actually existed um so going back a year now i just am literally forwarding my messages that remain and my questions that remain unanswered from this time last year to town council um so you know it's been a year I've asked numerous health units. I've asked our local elected officials. I've asked my MPP. I've reached out to Health Canada. 
anyone and everyone who is a contact that should be accountable, that should have this information, I've reached out to personally asking for clarification, and I never get a response. So that's the really frustrating thing here. And I'm really glad that more experts are starting to feel uh, like it's more socially and politically acceptable to come out and voice their opinion, because this clearly isn't going away anytime soon if we rely on the uh, Ontario fiction, science fiction table versus actual experts who have, you know, skin in the game per se. And, and Sheila, I'm uh, sorry, T Tamara, it's not only shameful, uh, it is unprofessional of those people not to get back in touch with you because mm -hmm. that's part of their job and you're even being told on camera by cops, reach out to communications. Again, they don't communicate. Before we wrap, I just want to make sure I heard this correctly. You can go to the Coburg Beach on weekdays, but not weekends. The, the Wuhan virus has a little calendar. It circles the weekends <laughs> as a no-go zone. What's the science behind that? Yeah, exactly. And it, it begs the question, you know, when do we start to say, is this really about a virus? You know, and even just this morning, kind of a little bit off topic, but I was at Walmart and I can buy non-essential I can't buy non-essential sun hat for my infant in this, you know, sunny weather. Um, but I can I can purchase essential house plants. So you know, it just none of it makes sense. No. Um, we need to bring in those experts, like like who you quoted, who can bring some more rationale and reasoning to the to the Ontario uh, science fiction table because this is just ridiculous. Well, Tamara, speaking of Walmart, uh, I, I got to tell you, one of the funniest photos and a perversely amusing uh, point of view that was sent to me was a Walmart where, as part of the non-essential items roped off, were masks, yet I <laughs> need to wear a mask to get into the Walmart. It doesn't make sense, my friend, but great video. Uh, great to see you uh, back out in the field, Tamara, and you have a wonderful weekend, my friend. Thanks, David. Same to you. You got it. And that was Tamara Ugolini in Coburg, Ontario. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Oh, good, sir. How about yourself? Just mind leaving them alone, okay? They don't want you talking to them, so could you just move on? Uh, here, why don't we go behind here? Well, let's go over here. Well, no, wait a second. No, I'm sorry. No, no. I'm sorry. No, no. Talk to them, okay? So yeah, they're in a public. They're in a public place, officer. So I will talk to them. Please move out of the way. I'm losing my okay, I'm moving out of the way right now. Five times, okay? Okay. I'm standing in the roadway. I don't want to get hit by a car. So please well, move. Here, come over here, officer. What, what is the crime I'm committing right now? What is the crime? I'm. I'm not obstructing you. Please move out of the way, okay? I am here asking. Order to leave these people alone. You're telling me you're not going to. So if you don't. Follow my directions. Get your microphone out of my face. You came to me, sir. Yes. Okay. Asking you to move back out of the way. Okay, well, Are as far as I know, the practice of journalism is not illegal yet. So, unless I'm mistaken, you can write me this up for a ticket. Happen, okay, Mr. Menzies, okay. you're going to leave this area. I've asked you not to harass these people. If you come back and you speak with them, you will be arrested for... I am on a public right? piece of land. You have no right whatsoever to make okay. me leave this area. I, I do have a right to, to okay. allow can you Can you quote me the law, law, sir? Okay, yeah, criminal harassment, okay? Criminal They've asked harassment? you to, to not speak with them and not to bother I'm them. I'm conducting journalism, sir. You are arrestable for that. 
I am arrestable for harassment? Is he not able to answer the questions? course of my duties to inform you that you are not to harass people. That's why I'm here speaking with you. Okay, then you're going to write me a ticket for harassment. I didn't say that I'm going to write you a ticket. Okay, I told so you I'm trying to figure out what... These people alone, or you're going to get arrested for criminal harassment. And I know you don't believe in freedom of the press. Can you stand there and be quiet? Okay. No, I will not be quiet. Then you will be arrested if you approach these Arrested people. for talking. Is that what we're into now? And asking questions is harassment? They if they don't want to, contact, yes, and absolutely. Yeah. Really, can I see the criminal code violation that spells that out? Yeah. Anybody has a right to not be harassed, okay? So okay, you and a, and you can move away from me, please. Get the microphone out of my face, okay? What is the benchmark of harassment? Uh, anybody that doesn't want to be harassed, okay? Please move out of the way. I've told you. To I think about. you're harassing me, officer. Well, then, well there you go, folks. It's kind of like I don't know, talking to a Coke machine when you put the loony in and the soda doesn't come out. They're turning into. Uh, automated vending uh, machines right now. They won't answer the questions. They came to me. Um, they're talking about people being harassed. I don't think we were harassing anyone. This is a counter-protest. Usually uh, people that are doing a protest or a counter-protest want publicity. Um, but evidently, uh, asking questions, according to these two fine members of the Elmer Police Service, uh, that is verboten. Well, that was the scene earlier this month in Elmer, Ontario, just across the street from the Church of God. Even though the church had its locks changed, forcing services to occur outdoors, there was a very small protest by the Elmer trans community, which seems to number, oh, two people. Prior to the cops arriving, I attempted to interview the transgender protesters to little avail. I had wrapped the interview and was speaking to some Rebel News supporters when those two Keystone cops arrived to tell me to stop asking impolite questions on public land. Astonishing. In any event, you had plenty to say about this most recent law enforcement fiasco. Catherine Jenkins writes, LMAO, wait, trans want to be accepted, but don't want others accepted? Do they know what happens in communist countries to people of their persuasion? Well, you nailed it, Catherine. The trans community is increasingly vocal about acceptance and tolerance. And yet, where is their acceptance and tolerance of, say, Christians who simply want to worship? Well, apparently, tolerance and acceptance, they are not a two-way street. Uday Sidhu writes, Cops are supporting left who want them dead or banned. Irony lost on some, what pathetic cops. Yes, Uday, and the irony is perverse, isn't it? I'd bet you a donut that those lefty protesters for sure support the idea of police being defunded, but when they are asked insensitive questions, they pick up the phone and dial 911. Suddenly the police are useful when they believe a thought crime is being committed against them. And those two bozos with badges are all too happy to be at their beck and call. Unbelievable. Christine Green writes, funny how cops don't go after mainstream media. Oh, of course not, Christine. They are pretty much on the same team with the mainstream media being increasingly funded by the government. They are essentially the propaganda arm of the government while the police serve as the government's muscle. And while diversity is championed, a diversity of opinion regarding an increasing number of issues is now strictly verboten. 
Ting writes, policemen say, quote, I'm standing in the roadway and I don't want to get hit by a car, end quote. I know, Ting, can you believe the utter stupidity? And somehow someone thought it was a good idea to allow this person to have access to lethal force. You know, we do try to back the blue here at Rebel News, but cops like those two, well, it makes it increasingly hard to do so. And Lao Tor writes, they believe in the science of lockdowns, but rather than stay home, they come out to harass Christians. They want the police defunded while begging police to protect them from a journalist question. Police obediently comply. This country has become a joke. Yes, Lau, and I would, and it would appear that the joke is on us. The vast majority of Canadians who want to live their lives freely but are being prevented from doing so. Wow, Florida is looking better and better every single day. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.